welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Bierman. I'm here with our friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We're also with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. And joining us back on the dials is Erica. Guys, how's it going? What's been going on? Uh, I'm pretty good. Um, I got to host the book launch last week. Did I talk to you guys about this? The Nick Nurse book launch? I know we did it before, but did I give you a recap? Not since. No, no I tuned yeah. in a little I, bit. I, I, I caught that you sent me a link and I was watching it. Oh, uh-huh. what did you think of my of my job? Did you think I did a good job? I thought it was good. Yeah, it was uh, very relaxed. Your internet connection, though, did seem not as good as uh, <laughs> Devlin and uh, Nurse. I thought you might have paid extra attention to making sure you had uh, great clarity, but you did not, which kind of made you seem cooler in a way. <laughs> um, but that was, I was using Ash's computer, and we were on the Wi-Fi at the Raptors practice facility. So I don't know why. Yeah, they were in the same room as you. Yet yeah, you well, I was two feet away from them. <laughs> yeah, it was very cool, though. I liked. Uh, I learned who uh, his Nick Nurse's favorite player was. I didn't think he'd actually answer that question, so it was cool to hear him actually say the answer, mm-hmm. which I'm not it, sure it was, if we can say here. But it was it's Kyle Lowry, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we can. Yeah. I don't know. Like sometimes I say stuff and we have to cut it. So I figured to save you the trouble, Erica. <laughs> it was a public interview. <laughs> oh, I thought I was. I thought it was like a very exclusive thing that we got. Like we got a secret link, and when I typed it in, it's like uh, your email will be saved, and the host will be notified that this is Shane. And like it was very intense to type in your name. If you were listening, casual. it was hosted by Indigo, the biggest bookseller in the country. <laughs> no, I missed the first minute or two. <laughs> had to put a baby to bed max that that guy came in hot too whoever the indigo guy was off the top there on the intros oh uh, he's living for that intro uh yeah. what's that guy's name ash jeremy. jeremy yeah he hosts all the talks i think and yeah he was very excited but yeah it was it was it was a cool thing because you know uh i miss just doing stuff like that things that i normally would have got to do on a regular basis so getting a chance to hang out with matt devlin uh obviously playing a couple songs with nick nurse that was exciting for a crowd you know just these are things that old maxi hasn't got in 2020 <laughs> at all um but the coolest part was and i sent a video to our uh our mba facebook chat group was that nick gave me a shooting lesson uh, and it was very cool to get the instructional. Actually, I said, well, the main thing I haven't been doing is putting real backspin on the ball and trying to keep the rotations really straight. And then I think, Mike, you commented for $8 million a year. I could tell you that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because you were sending the videos and it was cool and all that stuff. And then you're like, oh, spin. Nick's telling me I just, I need more spin. Yeah, when I was 12, they told me that at my basketball <laughs> camp. Right? I don't think it's that genius. I'm not saying Nick's not a genius. I'm just saying that piece of advice is not genius. Yeah. Well, the, well, the cool thing is the basketball that he's developed, and we'll have it here in the shot, is that there is this... Uh, perpendicular line that goes against the, the normal lines you see on a ball and it's supposed to keep it uh the rotations really uh straight so it's a really helpful little tool and i'd say the coolest thing is that you know you hit the shot you hit hit the shot you get to move back a foot it's just a kind of a classic shooting drill but matt devlin was watching i got all the way back to the three-point line and he called it he was like it's good it's good and it swished right through the hoop and uh, so i felt uh you know like i was a professional there for a moment it was very cool are those uh nurse balls are they outdoor balls yeah, he, this is the outdoor edition. He also has a nicer indoor one with like probably leather, but this is kind of like the more yeah, like the, yeah, more street ball version. You, so it's good. You get your hands on any more of those outdoor balls? Uh, I could. I'm, I'm sure I could. I'm sure I could. Yeah, I'd I'll, love I'll, one. I'll hook it. Yeah, yeah. I maybe could, yeah. bods, balls, balls for the bod, I, balls for the pod. Yeah, <laughs> all around. <laughs> I think that's what the name of this episode is going to be called. Balls yeah, for the bod. Balls for the yeah. pod. Or, or Paul's for the bod, which I actually kind of liked more. Paul's for the bod. Paul's for the yeah. bod. But yeah, so that was cool. Um, it's fun. I hung. We hung out with Matt Devlin at the Nick Nurse Foundation dinner on March 11th, the day the world shut down. So it's nice to reconnect with him. Um, it's also, you really appreciate him as sort of like a public broadcaster because he just has that voice. You know, Max, you know, you're just having a normal conversation with Matt and he couldn't be a more lovely, sweet guy. And it's truly who he is, is a broadcaster. He was like born to do it. And he, you know, Max... You know, we were down there. We were doing the games. You know, he like, talks to you <laughs> like Matt Devlin all the time. It'd be funny to see him pissed off. <laughs> you know, I got to say, I'm feeling really steamed right now. You know, but it's always like analysis. They forgot and- my fucking French fries. They always do this at the drive-thru. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like um, you just feel like you're always on TV, even in a private conversation with Matt Devlin. Oh, totally. I, I was asking about his kids. His, a couple of his teenage sons play hockey, and he's like, you know, Max, the you know they came to Canada when they were 12 years old, but you know they wouldn't have been playing hockey otherwise because uh, they were born down in Memphis, where my last job was. Uh, but I gotta say, they're they're proud Canadians now, and they love hockey. And uh, one one of them's getting a scholarship. Actually, we just decided that he's going to be going down to Ithaca, New York. He's going to be playing down in Cornell. <laughs> anyway, it was just like it was great. But yeah, but Matt is a, a sweetheart, and uh, yeah, just because I feel like you know around the music industry, you know, there's a lot of kind of jokers around and people that are kind of like the aesthetic of the music industry is a little more casual, a little more arty, a little more flighty, I'd say. But in, with the Raptors and a professional sports organization, it's more like, you know, military or something. There's more like responsibility and like, you know, probably corporate energy that I that is kind of interesting to be around. Like, oh, I'd say this. So we played Quitting You and I fucked up the last part of the song. And I'm like, oh, I fucked it up. Sorry. And then whatever. Afterward, both Nick and Matt and Nick's assistant, Jenny, were like, I loved it when you swore. That was so cool. <laughs> because you know you can't swear matt devlin you can't really swear uh, like in a professional setting and i did and i was sort of like the bad boy of the interview wow. uh so yeah so that was fun that's what that's what i've been doing um shane i want to know all about the Alyssa milano uh milano interview because i saw that come up I, I did i know that you're doing that did you tell us that no i did i didn't have any time to talk where i, I mentioned it but uh yeah, I was very uh, like I th- I had a bit of a crush on her back in the day, so it was cool. Like I got t- like I talked to her, and then I have my other crush coming up with Shannon Sossaman. So I'm really crushing it lately. But Alex she, must be going nuts nice. though. Like Alex is is a jealous type, as we know. She, yeah, she, I didn't she must really be hating this. I didn't tell her about the Milano thing that I. I had <laughs> I'm a sure big she crush knew on. though. <laughs> Who doesn't have a no, crush? I didn't Who her. didn't have a crush I, on? Well, she didn't even know that Alyssa was from Who's the Boss. So I'm like, Who's the Boss was my show growing up. And I was, mm. you know, around her age so I could have a, a crush on her and it not being weird because she was, you know, very young on that show. Mm. But yeah, so this crush has been lasting for years. And then, you know, we were up at the cottage, Alex's cottage, and the Wi-Fi is a little sketchy at times. So the whole time you're more worried about the Wi-Fi crapping out than you are the actual interview. So it kind of helped. So just talking to her and seeing the the stream was working comforted me and made me mm. a little bit calmer than I probably would have been otherwise. But uh, yeah, was, she was, she's almost 50 and she still looks the same as she always has. And by the way, she's a COVID long hauler. So she's been losing her hair and uh, a whole bunch of stuff going on with her, but she still looks great. Like oh, yeah, she genetics had COVID, are like, right? yeah, describe to our, our yeah. listeners what a COVID long hauler is. So a COVID long hauler is someone who's still experiencing residual effects after the two-week period of having COVID. And, and supposedly you're immune after that two weeks, or maybe that's the theory. But she's still uh, experiencing it. And it, it's every week she seems to be having a new symptom that's bothering her. Like she was saying, her blood is bubbling right now. Because so she's jealous? Just, no, Alex. Alex's blood was boiling, but <laughs> oh. Milano's was bubbling, and mm. it's it's very similar to that of lupus because Alex was kind of relating to her on on her random symptoms that she gets. So we don't know. Like, is this a lifelong thing that's going to stick with some people? Because obviously, COVID is still in its infancy. So it's just like you know, Alyssa's kind of used to this new life of having this on this new disease is is very interesting to talk to her and how she was how she even found out she had it she she suspected she might have it and tested twice and it didn't show up so then she went back on her third her third test is when she actually found out that she had covid and she was co-sleeping like same bed with her kids while she had covid luckily they didn't get it that's that's a crazy thing you know i was i saw somebody who got covid back in march and they still cannot taste or smell uh, to this day. And it's just so mysterious. That's the thing that's so fucked up about COVID is that some people got it and don't even know they had it. And then other people got it and they're still feeling it. And that makes it so scary. I also started talking to somebody else whose roommate got it and was in close proximity with the two other roommates. And the two other roommates didn't get it. So it's just like, it's just so mysterious how, how it affects you. Um, 
But but Shane, what was the chemistry like? Uh, like what? Uh, really good. You- oh yeah, yeah, we were like bonding really good over <laughs> anxiety because I didn't know since she's an actress and public speaker, you think these people are always going to be calm. But she's like, I have terrible anxiety. I'm a real like pill for my husband. And I'm like, oh, I'm like a real pill for Alex. You know, I'm always bothering her. Like I'm 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 so annoying to be with. And I'm like, I asked her a question: if having anxiety made her uniquely prepared for coping with uh, the lockdown and getting COVID. And then she was like, yes, exactly. Like she explained that she was telling her therapist and a little concerned that she was so calm when COVID struck and the quarantine hit. And it almost just made her feel like, oh, now everyone can feel the way I'm feeling all the time, Mm. which is a little bit different than the feeling than I felt. But I did have a definite calming effect when quarantine went down. I think we've talked about this before. But are there certain celebrities that you think, I think they'd like me? Like, is, is yeah. there certain that, like, so yeah. for instance, I'll give you an example. Ariana Grande, I don't think she'd like me at all. I think if I, we met at a party, I don't think I, I would, could achieve mm-hmm. any chemistry with her. But I was listening to this podcast with uh, about Mariah Carey, because she has a new book out. And for some reason, I think Mariah Carey would really like me. Really? Yeah. No, you're you're both too diva-esque. <laughs> she, she needs someone who's really going to take care of her. Okay, but here's my question. Mikey, do, what celebrity do you think you'd really hit it off with? And what celebrity do, do you like, but you're like, she wouldn't like me at all? Uh, I I have this, in, like this, uh, maybe I'm delusional, but I think that every celebrity would like me. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I No, but like, 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 like. Like, you mean like. if they got to know me for real? Like, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't, uh, it's a good question. I, like, I feel like I get along with everybody, you know, like in that no, sense. No, 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 I'm saying like, who do you, okay, sexually. let's go the other way. Who do you think, <laughs> Who, who do you like, but you're like, I just don't think I'd have a chance with her. Like Natalie Portman. Do, do you think Natalie, Natalie Portman would be you know out of your league? I mean, she is out of your league. But do you yeah. think... Is this a roast <laughs> now, Max? Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I would say that I'm like intimidated by people like... Like I'm like uh, like like like, uh, like David Letterman. David Letterman to me mm. seems like so savvy. You know, we're not and, talking about... David, we're talking about yeah. Stop avoiding it, Mike. Stop. Oh, avoiding what, you're, the what you're saying, like what, like what Who girls, wants you? Oh. What celebrity oh. wants you? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> Got to really spell it out sometimes. Uh, Danica doesn't listen to these things. Yeah, is she like in the closet or something? What's going on, Mike? <laughs> If I could have, uh, okay, so so who would it? I don't know. Do you guys have a sense? I, like, Shane, okay, we're going to Shane. You think about this. Okay, Shane, I have, I have a theory, and it's people you really like. You like them for a reason, and that reason is that they'll probably like you back. So everyone mm. I've pretty much had an, a crush on, it's because there's some sort of energy floating about where we are, we're on the same wavelength, and everyone I've liked has liked me back. But people who are just like, whatever, oh, I'm like, oh, I could probably get them. They hate me. Like, they want nothing to do with me. <laughs> give, give, okay, so Alyssa Milano, you think I you feel know, like in I another could. life, you could. you could. Shannon Sossaman, I feel like, yes. You think you could. Okay, but who's someone who you but who you maybe like, but like, I don't want anything to do with this guy? The, who, who wouldn't like me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you um, kind of like, though. Who do, who do I kind of like? This is the um, dumbest segment of all time. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, maybe? <laughs> okay. No. Okay. But I feel Erica. like if I worked on it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go. Erica, go for it. Okay. So males? Yeah. Yeah. Males. Yeah. Or yeah. whoever you're Whatever attracted you're attracted to. to. Um, I feel like, I, I honestly feel like Timothy Chalamet and I would really vibe. Ooh, Timothy I like Shelley. that. Okay. Yeah, I think we would. Two skinny little brunettes. Both yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. And believe it or not, you guys, but I have like a sort of deep intellectual side too. And mm. I think he does as well. So we would vibe on that um, level. When's that side coming out, Erica? No, I'm <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. You're obviously way smarter than me. But have you seen the um, the footage of him making out with his girlfriend? Who, who no. is that? Oh, he's on a boat. And he's shirtless and he's making out with his girlfriend. Yeah, and it was really embarrassing because apparently the makeout isn't cool looking. So he released the uh, statement just how embarrassing. Is he dating he someone famous? <laughs> Come on, you released a statement? He, well, it wasn't a statement. It became like a, a quote in like papers and stuff, just how uh, he was on like a talk show. But oh, yeah, there he is. There's a photo. Who, who's he's his girlfriend? The, um, Tim Lily, Lily Rose oh, Depp. Johnny Depp's daughter. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. He looks really nerdy here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Does that change things for you, Erica? No, 
I, I feel like I, I like him even more now. He's a little right. more real. Yeah, oh. gettable. Who do you who do you think you couldn't get though? Like who who are you like I like this guy, but he's just out of my league. Um, probably like like anyone kind of in like the hip hop scene. So mm. maybe like even like a Justin Bieber. He's a little too cool. I just don't really. Um, I'm not really up to date with what's happening in like the hip hop scene and stuff. What about so. Chance the Rapper? Do you think you could? I just don't think, yeah, we would have a lot to talk about. He might think I'm a little surface level. Mm. Chance wouldn't like me. I don't think, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think he would. <laughs> okay, okay, Mike, Mike back has that been enough time? I, I, I would say that I, someone who I didn't think I would necessarily like vibe with, I, I think BB Rexa and I had a very good chemistry mm. in the room. When I was talking to her, that's not to say I think that there was anything other than I just think that for the half hour we were talking, we enjoyed each other's company and it got deep and in a good way. And, she, mm, you know, mm. she felt comfortable. She down, yeah. She like yeah. kind of was like going through all of these sort of the, the way that she felt about certain things in the music industry. So and not someone that I think that I would connect with. And then for somebody who wouldn't like me, like as far as like what you guys are asking, it's probably like a lot, you know, <laughs> like I'm a pretty like. It's not make believe, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, who who do you guys think would be put off by me? Mm. Like anybody, hi, anybody that would be like a sensibly high maintenance, I feel like wouldn't appreciate mm. sort of my casual approach to things. But I yeah. think like you're so good at reading a room though too, and like giving what you think people need, and and I I just feel like nobody wouldn't like you, <laughs> like no celeb, because you could kind of like adjust yourself and your vibes mm. in a way that you can like. That you would make them be able to. But like I feel you. like you know someone I mean? maybe like uh, maybe like a Kristen Stewart who's always trying to be so authentic. Yeah, she yeah. might mistake your kindness and your uh, affability for phoniness. See, but I would think though that after like ten minutes, she would see that I was actually into. It. Like, I, I think at first I can be very like, "Oh, is he being Matt Devliny?" You know what I mean? Mm. Like, blah blah. Yeah. But mm. after ten minutes, I feel like like BB Rexa or like Banks, who is also on the thing. I think they'd be like, "Oh, okay, like this guy is actually talking to me, and he's he's understands where I'm coming from." I I would think, but to your point, yeah. maybe you there's some people you just can't win over, and they're gonna be like, "He's a fucking podcast host," and just that in and of itself is like a big put off. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, like I almost like to pretend we take away our our job titles and status. Yeah, like if you just met in a bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I'm talking about Mariah Carey being into me. So I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who, who's not into you, Max? Like, great who, question. Who? Oh, Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande definitely. Well, what is it about me. her that you think she wouldn't be into you? Oh, I think I'm too schleppy for her. I feel like she'd want more. She didn't Mac Miller and Pete Davidson. No, no, no. Yeah. I think I think you'd be up her alley. Interesting. Really? But he you're not he, Max isn't very Pete Davin Cinny or Mac Millery. You're uh, too clean. Shane's taking yeah. this personally, by the way. No, no, I'm just saying you you don't have tattoos and <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh that's all silliness. Uh Mikey, what have you been up to lately? Give me an update. Well, today is actually my daughter's birthday, her second mm. birthday. Uh whoa, that's two. a big one. Yeah, she's two years old. Is how, it a big one? How the time yeah, flies. Oh yeah, it's the best one, I think. For a kid, huh. that's big. They can start moving around. They're like their own person. Their real personality starts coming out. Yeah, huh. yeah. Yeah, it's, well, they also say it's like entering the terrible twos. So we're going to see if no. she gets more defiant and, and, you know, start scamming at bedtime trying to stretch it out. But uh, it was funny because like this morning, like we sort of, we, we woke up and she came into uh, our bed and we're like, oh, happy birthday. And there was this video that I made for, uh, for Danica's first Mother's Day, which is like every clip like on my phone of like Danica giving birth, like basically like before, like when we found out she was pregnant and then like sort of the day she went to labor and then the birth and then bringing Wynn home. And then that whole first like kind of like year of Wynn's life. I made into like a Mother's Day gift. Uh, so then this morning we thought, when you're like two years old, she kind of can understand what a birthday is now. We were like, let's like watch this video and, you know, go back to the start. It's like the journey of your life. She's like, okay. So we like start playing the video and like we, we get like halfway through and she's really kind of into it. And she sees like the cats for the first time meeting her. And so she's like, Rafa, Dutchie. Like, yeah. And then like we get to a clip and then she just starts like bawling, like, like crying uncontrollably and it, we were trying to figure like me and danica were looking at each other and we were trying to figure out because it was like right around a scene where danica was cutting her hair like for the first time so we think that her getting her hair cut triggered her 
Or like I was like, is she having like her first existential crisis where she realizes she can never be young again? That she's yeah. she's she's like she can't go back and like she's started fully starting to understand exactly the implication of seeing like the day she was born and then two years later. Like I, I we didn't know, and then she we told her it was gonna be okay. And could be she, tears oh, of that. joy too, though, like a nostalgic kind of walk down memory lane. It's like those were some good times. <laughs> it was more distressed. It was definitely right, like. Okay. And, but then we calmed her and she finished the video uh, and we moved on. Um, and then also I'd forgotten until I looked at Instagram. I was like, oh, fuck. And Dan was like, what? I'm like, it's only Wynn's birthday. It's it's Drake's birthday today. And the Dan goes, oh, my God. And I was like, what? Like, I got scared. She goes, I didn't get him anything. And I was like, oh, shut up. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, yeah. Mikey, because um, sometimes, uh, you know, I'm watching your Instagram stories and I think I'm like, who is she acting more like? And whenever she's acting a little out of control, I think, oh, she's getting more Mike's side right now. <laughs> like, like, can you tell like when she starts acting kind of like more like Danica versus you? Has does that exhibit itself uh, at that age? Yeah, whether like we're sort of seeing that and like putting that on her, like we're seeing what we want to see or it's true. Yeah. I, I think that like she's honestly like a mix right down the middle. Like there's times where she's super quiet and reserved and like she's very like good at staying back and sort of observing things before she decides to jump in. And then, and then there's times, other times she's drinking like seven Coors Lights and she's like watching the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I drink them with her. Uh, we have a good time. Uh, and she'll be like super extroverted and just like throw caution to the wind or be like silly. And she actually like kind of like splits down the middle with the way those things go. Mm. So I do feel like she's a mix of both of us kind of pretty equally. Does she have tantrums yet or is she fairly calm? She's calm, man. She's calm. Yeah. Like there, there are times where it's like, say she doesn't want to get in the car and she'll kind of like, she'll be like, no, 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 no. And then you kind of put her in the seat and then she chills out. So it's like, we don't, we haven't had any of those, like you're having to like super negotiate or whatever. So it's, it's, it's pretty good that That's way. Good. But sometimes she'll be like in a mood. Uh, Shane and Mike, um, whenever they're exhibiting any quality that's a negative quality that you think that uh, the, your your kids have inherited from you, do you feel immense guilt? This is kind of why I don't want to have a kid because anytime <laughs> they do anything shitty, I'm like, it's definitely because of me and my shitty genes and this is what I pass on to you. I'm sorry. This, we should have never done this. I'm sorry you were born. That's the, the conversation that I would have with myself in my head. How do, do you guys suffer from this? I don't feel immense guilt. I just kind of know what to watch out for. Alex and I were just talking about it last night, how Lou is such like a, she has all of our like wild energy qualities and it's, it's hard to tame Lou or calm her down. And so that's mm. a little concerning, but you know, we're just going to treat her, uh, let her learn moderation. Like that's our big mm. thing that she, cause if you give her one Timbit, she wants another and then another and then another, you know, and like, I'm obs like, I can't eat a pack of gum to this day cause I'll eat the whole pack within 10 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> that so, led to the uh, great certain uh, things I can't do that it took me many years to learn you cannot do this or you're just not going to be able to stop yourself. My joke was going to be that led to the uh, great Hubba Bubba incident of 98. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but I can't eat Hubba Bubba. My jaw would just kill because I eat the whole thing. And the second a little bit of flavor is gone, I, I pop more in my mouth. What about you, Mike? No, no, no. I, I mean, the, we're, we're, we've been very fortunate that she hasn't like really displayed any like... Uh, like if we give her a Timbit and then we tell her there's no, like she'll try to sneak another Timbit 100%. But if we're like, no, that's mom's donut, she'll be like, no. And she'll like actually chill on the Timbit. So like we're pr pretty like that way. And then, but she does like, she scams now at bedtime all the time. Like she wants one more book. You know what I mean? It's just, she just want to go to yeah. bed. So then I like have to like negotiate with her. And then I kind of appreciate that she's trying to negotiate with me. And I'm like, well, I see a bit of myself in that and I can't really hate the game. You know, mm -hmm. I just got to respect uh, that she's trying to make it, to make it last. But no, no guilt. They're going to be who they're going to be. Like Shane said, you just got to kind of let, let it develop and look out for any super troubling behavior. Otherwise, they're going to they're going to be who they're going to be. And if anything, it's a massive advantage because you're you and you know they're a part of you. They think the way you think. Yeah. Mm. So it, it's like a little secret unlocking code. I, I was talking to uh, I, I was hanging out with my nieces and nephews yesterday. We went for ice cream. It was a really nice hot day in Toronto. And uh, Mandra Ash was there too. And she pointed out afterward, I just talked to all of them like I'm Larry David. So like the <laughs> nine-year-old is doing this thing where she's like talking in this weird voice. She'd be like, I don't know what I want. Uh, what does this mean? I don't know what kind of flavors to have. And I'm just like, Ellie, can you stop talking like that? That's not what you sound like. Your voice doesn't sound like that. Stop it, okay? Just talk to me like a normal person, okay? Stop it. it like all of them, I'm just like, no, stop it. That's enough. Uh, so you're and, not yeah. the fun uncle, I guess. 
No, we have a good time. I, I bought no. them ice cream. <laughs> I, yeah. He's the rich uncle. Yeah. Well, this, this is what I said to Emma. Emma's in grade eight. And I called her on her cell phone. And I was like, Emma, what are you doing? We're going out for ice cream because the other kids go to a different school. And uh, she's like, I hang out with my friends. I'm like, do they want ice cream? She's like, I don't know. There's a, there's a bunch of us. I was like, I'm rich. doesn't matter. I'll pay for all the ice cream. <laughs> Bring them all. Yeah. Do you let them get as many scoops as they want and like the, the fancier cone? Like the uh, they don't, they're pretty low maintenance. It's, I gotta say, mm-hmm. they don't like really, um, they're not spoiled kids. They, they kind of like are happy with whatever they're given. That's a, it's a good quality they have. So shouts, shouts to them. They're, they're, yeah. they're good. Yeah. But the one sounds very annoying with that voice. Yeah, she's great, but she's just been yeah. doing this annoying voice thing. But, but I, I relate because I remember like when I was, she's probably in grade three, I think around grade three or grade four, I did this thing because this new kid at the school, Lindsay Bolter, had all of us talking in baby voices, and we thought it was so cool that Lindsay's like, oh, "We're gonna have a little baby." I'm a and we That's thought funny. it was, we thought it was cool. And so I remember being at the dinner table talking in my baby baby <laughs> voice, and my dad, who is nothing but like an adoring father, who like rarely criticizes me like ever. He's just like such a like a loving guy. I remember him being like, "Can you stop that, please?" <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I- I think of how many like fads, like if you were to take like, you know, just there wasn't a lot of filming when we were kids, but it's like if kids had cell phones when we were kids, like how many funny moments would I cringe at? Like I tried on so many different like sort of like personas from like 12 to like 16. Like I remember I, I like shaved steps in the side of my head like MC Hammer. Because I was like, I went to the barber with a photo of MC and I was like, give me that. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> I roll into school with the fucking, the steps in the side of my head, you know, get mercilessly made fun of. But I, I'm always laugh at those things. Like the idea of you trying on a baby voice and, and, and your parents just probably being like, oh God. This is so fucking annoying. <laughs> I used to wear my clothes backwards, like crisscross the rap group. <laughs> and I took rap hip hop dance class. <laughs> you did? Yeah. That's so cool. Oh, <laughs> to be young. Because I kind of want to do that right now. So, <laughs> Erica, have you done anything sort of super embarrassing that you wouldn't? So many things, but I've done a really good job at repressing all of them, I feel. And I rarely <laughs> think about them anymore because if I do, yeah, I will be in a, um, a deep circle of cringing for the whole day. So, yeah, I, I definitely had a lot of horrible bits as well from like the seventh grade to to the eighth grade, but I don't think about them very often anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I guess that's like, that's when kids sort of figure out who they are. They try on a bunch of different weird things and then, you know, they probably really figure it out in their twenties or whatever. But Shane, this is the one thing I'm kind of dreading as a parent is it's like at some point, like our daughters are going to be like 13 or 14 and they're going to mm-hmm. sit down at dinner. They're going to do like a, a baby voice or whatever the equivalent of that is like <laughs> Max is saying. And, and you just kind of got to be like, you know what I mean? It's like, do you let them sort of do it and you just kind of like cringe your way through it? Or do you got to be like, wait, what are you doing? Well, I had, I did have um, a really heavy eyeliner phase <laughs> where I wore just so much black eyeliner. And I was during my goth kind of phase too. Everyone had a goth phase, I feel, where they were into like Evanescence and stuff. And, did you wear a choker? Yep, wore a yeah. choker. Yeah. Um, yeah, like knee high socks and stuff. That was really bad. But my parents just like kind of let me do my thing and get it out of my system. And yeah, thank God I thank God I did. But yeah, that eyeliner was thick at one point in time. It's funny that your goth phase was evanescence because when we were in, for, for my high school, it was Marilyn Manson was like yeah, the yeah, goth yeah. phase. Yeah. That and I just saw a funny joke on Twitter uh, yesterday that said uh, Marilyn Manson just had his rib reinserted so he can focus on music again. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because that was one of the because most, he was giving himself oral sex. Yeah. That was the rumor was in high school <laughs> is that he had a rib removed so that he could he could give himself oral sex. Yeah, so I, I love that yeah. this joke literally had to marinate for twenty five years and then it hit me like a ton of bricks on Twitter. I'm like, that's good stuff. um there was a funny tiktok actually speaking of that the other day which you're gonna have to see but basically somebody retweeted saying like this this tiktok's never resonated more where basically you're late for school and then the teacher catches you in the hallway and the song starts playing and basically it's oh canada and you're not allowed to move in the hallway to get to your class until oh canada you're trying to sneak sneak away as it's happening y'all we'll post it on the on the account but it was it was like but it was one of those things like oh wow that's a real throwback feeling to being being late but not being able to move because Mm -hmm. oh canada's playing and you're totally forgot about that totally forgot about that and that was absolutely a thing yeah Yeah. (laughs) i went through um 
my phase, which, which I'm not uh, embarrassed by, I, maybe I'm a little embarrassed by, was um, I was very into hip hop in like grade seven, eight, nine. Uh, still, I'm very into hip hop, but like really obsessed with going to, um, was it Marshalls? What's it? It was Marshalls, like the winners of America. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And, and so I'd, we'd go down to Buffalo on these like shopping trips and they didn't have Marshalls um, up here, but you could get Rockaware for a really good deal. <laughs> <laughs> so I had these like Rockaware jean jackets and um, I definitely wore FUBU for sure. And do you remember Echo? There's oh, yeah. Esco for the for the poor kids and mm-hmm. Echo if you could save enough money. Uh, so I wear that. Did the Echo have also... the Buffalo Buffalo logo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, got, I bought one of those coats and it like it literally was all the money I had for. Was the it year. a buffalo or a rhino? I thought it was a rhino. Or was it a rhino? Yeah. It was like some sort of animal. But I remember the logo and I bought like this like red windbreaker that was like Echo to impress like a girl. Like like I was like I was like oh she'll think that I'm like I've got. I don't know, money or something if I have this fucking coat. And it was so... Anyway, whenever I hear Echo, I think about like saving up all my money, buying that stupid coat, and then not having any money like after that for a very was long time. Was the girl time. impressed? Or yeah, I know. you a poser? Didn't work, didn't work, didn't work. Mm. Um, but I'd also wear uh, my socks into my pants. Remember that 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 fashion moment? <laughs> do you remember that? Like, I, I remember putting, that one. T- tucking your socks into the back of your pants. Like, like your the pants Isn't that only socks. if you're riding a bike though? No, now that that's it's been appropriated by uh, Blundstone Bikers. wearing bi- hipster bicyclists. <laughs> oh, okay, but back in the early two thousands, it was a hip hop move. Oh fuck, I got to. Mm. Uh, no, I did it because uh, because all my pants were very baggy, so I would put the back of the pants into the. Uh, oh, so they didn't drag in like for me. I just yeah. let them drag all over the ground. Yeah. Uh, I want yeah, but it was definitely a hip hop thing because people definitely made fun of it afterward. But well, uh, I remember in the movie anyway. in the movie in the movie Kids. The reason that he puts the socks over his pants is because he steals 40s of Old English. And so he puts mm. them down his pants into the leg and it won't slide out the bottom of the pant if the sock is is uh, is holding it. So I used to steal my malt liquor back in the uh, 90s. <laughs> um, all right, guys, do you want to get on to topics? Yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. It's a good 40 minute open. <laughs> hey, man, just, just catching up, shooting the shit. Uh, actually, while we were talking, I missed a call from my Oma, who I think was calling to wish uh, Winona a happy birthday, but mm. I'll, call, I'll call her back. Mm. I want to have a nice long talk with my Oma. She's, she's, she's always a good chat. Uh, guys, there's a new Borat movie out. Uh, it mm. dropped on Amazon Prime uh, the other night, uh, right around the time of the debate, which also happened on Thursday night. Uh Guys, let's talk about Borat. What did we think of the movie? Did we enjoy the first one? Were people excited about this movie? Obviously, before it released, it had this uh, very smartly by Amazon. They 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 allowed critics to see it. I think about twenty four hours before they they made it available, um, and everybody talked about the Rudy Giuliani scene. It became sort of this massive talking point. It owned the news cycle. Screen grabs like from the screeners like started showing up on Twitter, and it caused like sort of this massive buzz. Um. Yeah. What, what were your guys' thoughts going into this film? Let's start with Shaney Boy. I was excited about it because, uh, yeah, obviously the the Borat film was so cool and uh, kind of groundbreaking in, in a way because you, you you didn't really seem like uh, see a classic movie narrative intertwined with fucking with people, and there's something very cool uh, about that. So obviously, uh, with Borat two coming 14 years later. The fastball is being taken off that a little bit because we go in there with such crazy expectations. This film might be better than the first one, but because, mm. but because you know we're uh, desensitized a lot now, fourteen years later, that it takes like four times. It has to be four times better for us to get the same reaction that we got from the first one. So I couldn't help but feel disappointed watching it. And obviously, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is handcuffed a lot because he can't go out in public. As the Borat character, because the Borat character is so famous and infamous, depending on where he goes. And I don't love when someone else is when when he's the characters where he's playing other characters, where he's wearing uh, makeup, trying to be like a Texan or an American. To me, that character isn't as funny. And I've already seen him seen him do that in his um, what's that show called? What is America? Who is America? Yeah. Who is America? So he's kind of run that course also with that show, which I thought had moments that were great. And much like the Who is America show, it had moments of brilliance, but there's also large portions where you're just kind of sitting there not laughing, which in in a comedy, especially like a shocking comedy, you want it to either shock you more or make you laugh more. And this one, 
I found a little disappointing. Like, I don't get me wrong, I had huge laughs, but it wasn't the same as watching Borat for the first time, the original. Max, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I'd say the d- degree of difficulty uh, was very, very high because obviously uh, the memory of the first Borat lives in our minds as like this like iconic all-time comedy piece. And since then, the world of comedy is so much wider and we get so much more of it because of like YouTube comedians. I think like we're just exposed to that much more stand-up and different types of weird humor, like even into like Nathan for you, like which is sort of similar. So we've been exposed to a lot. So I did think that I actually kind of tempered my expectations a little bit. I kind of knew that I was like, okay, I can't. Because like life is all about how you choose to frame it, things and the expectations you have going into something. So I chose to be a little reserved going into it. I, I also watched it with my friend, Matt, book club Maddie, Matt Frookman and manager Ash. And uh, I was excited to watch it with Maddie because Matt's a good laugher. And I think that really helped my enjoyment of it because he he was like exploding during, during certain parts. Um, I also really was impressed with how they were able to maneuver in 2020 with like making the timelines feel really relevant because I was like, how do you turn something around really quickly? So it feels of the moment. And the fact that a lot of the piece was around COVID-19 and I don't want to give away too much of it, but like they kind of wrap it up nicely at the end. I think in a clever way, I thought that was an accomplishment. And I also loved the co-star because the co-star, uh, the, the young female comic, I forgot her name, um, but she was awesome. And I think that helped elevate it because if it was just him trying to do everything, it would have been almost impossible. But because she did a lot of the heavy lifting, including the Rudy Giuliani bit, um, I think it really elevated it. So anyway, I think he went in to this whole project with like an impossible feat of like impressing us. And I think he did a really good job given, given, given the circumstances, given the way the culture moves, you know, things that feel things that happened two months ago feel incredibly old. Um, just the, the editing I thought was really good. And uh, yeah, I, I think it was really impressive. And again, I don't think it was it as funny as like a Nathan for you that I laughed at two years ago. Maybe not. Was it as funny as the first one? Maybe not. But, uh, but it was a very like admirable piece in my opinion. Uh, Mikey, what do you think? Yeah, well, I have a few thoughts. First, I'm kind of interested, Erica, in like um, your relationship with Borat, like your thoughts on Borat, because when the first one came out, I you wouldn't even have been allowed to go to the theater to see it. I imagine it was 14 years ago, right? So yeah, you were probably still in diapers when that came out. <laughs> what year was it? So it would have been 14 20, years ago, 26, 2006. 2006. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was 10. So I was not allowed to see Borat when it first came out. Um, but I eventually saw it for the first time when I was probably like a few years after that. And I loved it. I love Borat one. It's one of those movies that I can like, I'll revisit it like once or twice a year. And it's just like, it will never get old for me. I love (laughs) Borat so much. And, uh, yeah, so I was very excited for this. I watched it last night and yeah, I kind of agree with Shane. Like, I feel like a lot of it just sort of fell flat. Even the Rudy scene, like I, Obviously, all the hype was sort of around that one scene. It was near the end of the movie. It was kind of like the climactic part of the movie. And it, I just was, I didn't find myself laughing very often throughout it. And then even the scene where he was at that um, Trump rally and he was singing those songs, like part of that scene kind of leaked earlier in the summer, I remember. So mm. I was expecting that to be like epic and just really like off-putting or something. And it was even still kind of, like, I didn't really laugh that much during that either. And I mean, who's to say maybe, yeah, 14 years ago, we would have laughed a lot harder at that kind of stuff. But yeah, it just fell a little flat. I do. I will say, though, I think the ending was hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. I think that was the funniest part, how they wrapped everything up. And um, uh, who did you watch it with, uh, Erica? Um, I watched it with my uh, new friend, Stuart. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Oh. <laughs> okay, so do you think um, it would have... No, no. I, the only reason I bring that up, I only bring that up because none um, of your goddamn business, was, Max, who she watched it with. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I didn't need any names. I was just curious if you watched it by yourself or with a group of people, because I do wonder how we would have reacted if, if we got to go to the movie theater to watch it. It's a good question. Uh, yeah, because comedy is meant to be seen with other people, a many other audiences too. Yeah. Uh, were you were you paying attention to the movie? Yes, I was. No. Two of our other friends were there too, and and um, one and so one the other girl that we were with, she had never seen Borat one, so she went into mm. Borat number two with oh, no context. That's cool. 
she, I don't think she laughed once. Like she was just extremely confused. And even in the first like <laughs> ten, the first ten or fifteen minutes, there's so many callbacks to the first movie, just like his catchphrases and just where he is and like what like the characters that you see and stuff. And she was just so confused. She didn't think she did not think it was very funny. I don't know how um how uh, inclined she is to those kinds of comedies, mm. but yeah, she she didn't really get it. See, Alex loved the first Borat so much. So yeah. she was so hyped that in the first two minutes, it was almost like she was fake laughing just because she wanted it to be so good. Mm. So was but I, she, yes. But she petered off. And yeah. then it got almost awkward. Like I almost felt bad for Sasha Baron because there was a lot of silence in our house. <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm critical, but I'm not that critical. And it, my, my criticalness almost makes me laugh more because when I do break, I really bust out but alex is such an easy laugh i felt bad what about you mike what what, thoughts yeah well a lot of this was um like like max was saying that he had to temper his his expectations like i was like very much like who knows it's really hard to pull this kind of comedy off uh in 2020, obviously, we saw with Who is America, some stuff really hit, some stuff really kind of missed. So it's just it's just hard to pull off. So I had low expectations. Then like Seth Rogen, Adam McKay, they're all tweeting that it's like the funniest movie they've ever seen. They've all watched it seven times each. Uh, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, okay, that's something. All right, okay. But they used to work with him too. I so know. you got to kind of kiss the the ring it, it, well, in the ass. So I'm kind of <laughs> doing that. <laughs> and then the Rudy thing comes out and I'm like, I, I wish that he hadn't screened it for like critics. I'm like, because now I feel like I'm waiting for something. And these kinds of experiences, you don't really want to know anything because if you're anticipating things, you're not really going on the journey. So anyway, there was a lot going into it. Also, actually, John Popolis, uh, who ho- co-hosts the uh, the pedestal with us, um, he was like super excited. So we were just kind of texting before and he was going, who are you going to watch it with tonight? And I was like, kind of confused because I was like, is he, does he like want to watch it with me like during COVID? I'm kind of confused. Uh, and I'm like, well, I'll probably just watch it like after Wynn goes to bed. And he's like, yeah, but who are you going to watch it with? I didn't realize he was trying to tee me up to say my wife. But the thing uh. is, <laughs> Danica wasn't going to watch Borat. So I just, but it took me forever to realize what he was trying to <laughs> do funny. in the fucking text message. Um, and then I was like, uh, oh, I that's see. That's good. So anyway, um, good, good for John. Round of applause for John. I know. Yeah. I appreciated it. I appreciate it. I saw John on the street the other day. Uh, it was nice to see him in real life. Is so he eating enough though? He looks a little skinny. Maybe eating enough. I don't know. I don't know. We, I haven't seen him uh, on a zoom or anything. Yeah, I got to ask him. I haven't asked him in a while. Uh, but seen him. my overall thoughts tend to lean definitely more towards uh, Shane and Erica. Uh, ultimately, because it's like, if, if anything, I felt like the narrative stuff kind of worked. Like when you guys talk about the sort of the ending and the way they tied everything to get together with COVID and all that, like that, that was more cinematic. That actually, that worked for me. I thought the woman that played his daughter was excellent. Some of that stuff really worked. And honestly, the best stuff, not really like the gotcha stuff or like the, the hidden camera stuff. It's hard because all you're thinking about is the fucking mechanics of the production. Like yeah. when he's in the cabin mm. with the two guys. And we know too much. You know, too much. like we know way more than we did 14 years ago about behind the scenes. Absolutely. So that stuff's just kind of like, why are these people allowing cameras? Like, it's like, I I, I get it. It just felt more sort of like pure as much as we talk about jokes, like individual jokes. If we just say, hey, spoiler. Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. Well, well, what I was going to say is I think that the stuff that was the absolute funniest was honestly just Sasha Baron Cohen's like one liners in, in moments, like real moments. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when he's when he's running after Rudy and he, it, like it, he just says things so funny. In, so to me, it's like what's supposed to be funny for a lot of people is like the construct or like him being at a rally or doing these crazy things. I find that like the funniest stuff will be like, you know, the gag is kind of like working, not working, whatever. He'll just have something in the moment. That is so fucking funny. Those are the moments I laughed the most at in in the movie I found. Yeah, I liked when uh, like there's a part where his daughter uh, meets him, but uh, there's a monkey who's supposed to come in this crate. And then (laughs) Borat sees that the monkey's uh, (laughs) uh, dead, like he's been totally dismembered. And the monkey was obviously eaten by the girl. And uh, his daughter's like, oh, no, the monkey ate himself. (laughs) And then 50, 50 minutes go by. And then she's like, I did eat the monkey. (laughs) The monkey did not eat himself. And I'm like, I would have never guessed that the part I'm laughing the hardest that is a scripted part, which I oh. thought was interesting. And not only that, so so in the, the heat of their argument, you know, to hurt him, she does say that. And I did eat the monkey as if it wasn't obvious. <laughs> he didn't but, eat himself. 
But then when he's talking to someone else, he's like, I need to find my daughter again. And she says she ate the monkey, but I don't know if I believe her. He still doesn't want to believe that she ate the monkey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like just that's the stuff that worked so well for me more than like him in the cabin with the two like, you know, uh, right leaning sort of like uh, conspiracy theorists. And when she ate the cupcake with the baby, I didn't think that joke landed like perfectly. That whole like misdirection where she she swallows this plastic baby that's on top of a cupcake and then they take her to like a Christian uh, pregnancy awareness center or something. And it's it's supposed to be all this misdirection and whatnot, but it just felt a little hacky like you'd seen that a hundred times before. But yeah. then yeah. the baby keeps coming back and at the end of the movie, she turned the baby into Borat yeah. and then he finds oh, it and he yeah. like thinks it's so precious and you're like what <laughs> well, this the is fuck? A- it's funny. I didn't even realize that was the same baby. That's so interesting. I'm figuring that out right now. <laughs> now it's a 10 star review. Yeah. Now it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, yeah. Like it, it, it kind of shockingly did have some heart. Like I, you know, you're, you're kind of going on this journey going that works. That doesn't work. You're intellectualizing stuff. But then by the end, you're just sort of like, I don't know. It, it worked. You were going to say something, Maxie, though. And, yeah, well, um, the, the other issue is that we become so desensitized to ignorant idiot Americans. Like every day on your Twitter, you'd be like, oh, do you know what this person said about the Jews? Or do you know what this person said about gun rights? Or this person said about abortion stuff? And you're just like, oh, yeah, it's so obvious that like he has so many uh, people to choose from if he wants to get himself in a situation where he can get people to say dumb stuff. So that part's not even shocking. So I wonder, it's like, what are other angles that he could have taken um, that would have been more nuanced? Because I think like where I was, you know, sort of not, not uncomfortable, but just sort of not impressed was like, okay, he meets the two guys that take him in and end up like being Fox News loving crazy people who love guns. Like, okay, yeah, like, sure. Like, is there like an, is there anything else that he could have done that would have been fresh seeming? I thought the, the, the dinner was interesting with the deputants. Like, that was an interesting <laughs> oh, slice yeah. of life that, that I had never seen before. So when I wonder girl if girl tells a, her dad to, that she, he's a fucking creep or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, like yeah, that, that was, I rebound like three times. But when they did the dance, one. And you know the dance I'm talking about. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> for me. That that scene was the most where I had to like I, I I you know they say you watch Sasha you're gonna cringe the whole thing. That's the one that had me the most like fuck. I'm like I can't even watch the people reacting to this moment. Oh, I and, love that part though. Oh, oh, I I mean, that was that's so it was the most effective. <laughs> yeah. Like it was so effective that it just was like oh yeah he's getting this feeling that he wants to elicit and it was just like I I cannot believe that they're doing this and I kept thinking is this camera tricks like do they you know, shoot in another room and then get like how much I, I I just kept thinking about the mechanics of it. But either way, I was just like, this is a piece of like mainstream film is just insanity. Mm-hmm. Well, it was pretty smart too with the, or funny with the ignorant American guys, how they, uh, they set it up where they're explaining that Hillary like drinks the blood of children and vampire, all these crazy things. And then later on, uh, Borat is explaining something and they're like, no, that's a conspiracy theory. That was and just great. like, like just that was so, so funny and uh, a, a great callback. Yeah. I, I the, thought the, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Jay. I was just going to say the ending with Ru, uh, Rudy Giuliani. Mm. I wish the climax that Bor- or lack of climax. The, the cl- yeah, exactly. I wish uh, Borat would have waited a little longer before he busted in there because Rudy Rudy was obviously he was tucking in his shirt, but he was doing two things. He was tucking in his shirt and he was laying back waiting for uh, Borat's daughter to use that opportunity to pull down his pants a little bit further. And I wanted to see what would have happened had it been 10 more seconds, 20 more seconds. But because it seemed like it was getting just at that moment to rush in, it now Rudy has the perfect cop out like, oh, I was obviously just tucking in my shirt. Anyone who says anything different is insane or a liar or I will sue or whatever. You, you I know. wonder how much like uh, she had to make that call in the moment or if going into it, they're like, okay, we're going to try to get him to do this thing. But the second it seems like it's a little sexual, we don't want to put you in a position that's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. So that we'll lock it down then. So like I will be watching. And the second that happens, I'm going to come storming in. But it is, but it would have been that much more compelling. Uh, I think if um, they let it yeah, go okay. just a couple beats longer. And I'm curious. Uh, okay, apparently I'm getting notes from uh, from my earpiece, actually. I watched an interview about this. Apparently he couldn't see, was only in touch with the room via text, and the concern was for her. But she trusted Sasha, but uh, had her back because he's a producer and he's liable. So uh, so apparently they discussed this somewhere already. 
I wonder though, if let's say Rudy did pull his pants fully and he exposed himself, would Rudy get in trouble for that? Because he, Rudy's a single man. Is he single? And like, yeah, he's divorced. He got divorced okay. in 2019. Would that become, like, would that be a scandal? I guess because it's a reporter and he's like on the job kind of, but he's also just an interview subject. It might be more on the reporter. In the film, she was 15. So like, that's <laughs> what her character know that, was. Though. He didn't know, Rudy didn't <laughs> know <you> that. Sure? <laughs> I don't think you would assume any legitimate reporter uh, and like she presented herself like she, this was her first interview, like she was a new reporter is is 15. Yeah, that's, you fair. know, and, and in real life, the, the actress was not 15. Yeah. So I, but also I wonder there, what would have happened. Like there were cameras in the room, obviously, when that hidden, scene was though. happening, right? Oh, they were hidden. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. The, it was like the OJ scene oh, from uh, the, the Who is America, which I thought the OJ thing was even more compelling than the Rudy thing. Mm hmm. Um, do you think that the woman, and I'm sorry, I don't have her name. We should probably have it who played the daughter. And this is like, obviously her first major role. Sasha, uh, has basically tried to start like a, an Oscar campaign for her because of how mm. good he, you know, like there's this big junket interview where he's basically like, she, it, it'll be a travesty if she's not, uh, nominated for an Oscar. And so I've actually weirdly seen some like tweet stuff where people will mention it. Um, mm. do you think that her performance was like that exceptional? I, I, I do. do. Yeah. I, I do. That, I, that's so I'm on the record. Yeah. Saying, I think she was amazing in that film. Yeah, she yeah, was I, uh, I fearless. So. It was awesome. Um, yeah, it, it takes a special kind of person to be able to pull off all that stuff. And she was like right there with them. Because whenever you see Sasha Baron Cohen do this stuff, you're like, I don't know anybody else who could really you know, go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him and just be just as gutsy. And, and she totally was. Um, one thing that um, I would have maybe, just thinking off the top of my head right now, that I think I would have liked to see a little bit more. Because again, as I said, like, rednecks saying dumb stuff that's kind of predictable the one thing that's been interesting about the trump administration throughout all this is that you get all these people talking off the record about what a fucking idiot trump is and just like how corrupt the whole republican party is it would have been interesting if somehow they got more staffers or people uh that still work with trump to say bad shit about him like you know what I mean? Like hidden camera stuff. That's interesting. I think that that would have been the most sort of damning or interesting thing. I was listening to an interview with someone who used to be at the NRA and he wrote a book about it and just it sort of a tell-all book about how corrupt that organization is. So any of these institutions that clearly have the worst values uh, and terrible leadership, it would be, I think it'd be pretty cool to uh, to get, to have Borat sort of dupe them into to saying things and having them exposed. That, I think that's what I would like him to do next. It would have been cool to seduce uh, Melania. Mm. <laughs> I, I know, I know, everybody's got their guard up. So that the, Melania is probably a hard one, but I wonder. Like, the car, uh, by the way, speaking of like Princess Mon Melania or whatever they called her in the film, the cartoon was very funny when it showed yeah. like, the story of how uh, Trump and her met. And yeah, anyway, like the mo the movie is funny. I just think that like, if anything, like Shane uh, and Erica said, maybe maybe it just suffered from like expectations or it's just really hard to do that kind of comedy in 2020 because like Shane or Maxie was saying, like, you know, it's not shocking anymore. These insidious views that Sasha was exposing in 2006. Now people sort of proudly wear them on their sleeves or put them on Twitter. It's mm -hmm. all very performative. Her name is Maria Bakalava. Who there you go. Tudor. Yeah. yeah. So shouts um, to her. Ama amazing job. Have She's you fantastic. guys watched Nathan Fielder's uh, new show? Oh, no, but I want to. I'm very excited about that. I read good? briefly about it. Yeah, looks good. I taped it. I, I, I'm yet, I've yet to see it, but the trailer looked very awesome. Hey, did, did you watch no, Don't say anything more. Did you watch okay. the comedy oh, story yet, Shane? Episode one? No, I have to see it. It was, it was honestly between Borat, the debate, or the comedy store. And I just saw Simon uh, talk about the... Uh, the comedy store thing also as you led me down that rabbit hole of simon's uh stories. <laughs> yeah um anyway so that's a hard that's a recommend i'm only two episodes in but it's it's been awesome so far it's uh, is it more funny or emotional it's both like because what they do is they like have all these guys like letterman talk like people giving candid like letterman leno uh, all these like legends like talking about uh what it was like in those early days of the comedy store with Pryor and um and and robin williams mm. and all this stuff and then they, they have old footage like dave Chappelle. like they'll talk about a lot about Mitzi and how she basically was like a gatekeeper. Anyway, we don't have to totally go into it, but if you're into comedy at all, check out the comedy store on Crave. It's like a multi-part series. Uh, and it's structured kind of interesting. Like he kind of like in episode one, 
him and Marin are sort of doing a podcast and that's kind of how they explain the story. And then episode two, he's on Bill Burr's podcast and then they sort of mm. build, but then they get into like Freddie Prince, uh, who obviously is the father. Freddie Prince. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, it's like, it's super cool, super well done. I sort of threw it on on a recommendation and then I immediately, yeah, messaged you, Shaney and, and Unzi and some other people, but uh, it's very good. Um, um, la- last last thing on uh, I Borat. just want to say the name of uh, uh, the Nathan Fielder show is called How To with John Wilson and it's on HBO. And I guarantee you, you know, like it says Nathan's executive producing, but I bet you he has his hands in it more mm. than that. I feel like there's going to be a reveal, but it looks awesome. Nathan believes in it so much he tweeted about it and he doesn't tweet very often. He basically mm. said, I'm so proud of this show, whatever. He's like, you have to watch it. And I can't remember. Mm. It's not verbatim, obviously. But um, Last thing on Borat is I did appreciate how they put it out um, the day before they said what they were going to put out, which, you know, I think The Last Dance got a lot of credit earlier in the year uh, for you know, seizing the moment and going, okay, there's all these people at home. Let's put it out early. Let's get to work on it. And I think, uh, yeah, shouts to the, to the team who are like, okay, there's going to be a lot of people in front of their TVs uh, watching the debate. And I think it would be awesome to go right from the debate into that movie. And that's exactly what I did and probably what a lot of people did. And um, so I thought that was a very, very savvy move. And it'll be interesting to see, yeah, what else happens in the next, whatever, 12 days before the election, what other kind of things are revealed in popular culture. Because I think people are sitting on some things. That, that'd be my prediction. <laughs> 12 days until the election? Holy yeah, something like that. Yeah. I, think, I think it might even be 10, 10 days. November wow. 3rd. going to win. <laughs> Okay, let's do quick predictions and then we'll get to uh, Shane's surprise. Who's going to win yeah. the election, Max? Oh, God. Uh, did you take political uh, science at, Mac- at Mac? I did. Yeah, I'm go. the resident expert here. You I mean, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. Um, okay, there's one uh, commentator I really like, Josh Barrow, who hosts this podcast, uh, KCRW's Left, Right, and Center. He's, the, he's in the center and he doesn't hyperventilate in the way a lot of my other favorite liberal journalists do on Twitter all day long. Like he, he, he'd consider himself a liberal. He's definitely voting for Biden, but he's the first to call the left out on some of their own bullshit. And he's like, and so whenever anybody on the left was mad that Biden was the candidate and he was like, no, he's the most electable guy. He's going to win. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. So if, if Barrow says Biden's going to win, uh, that's, that's what I'm saying too. <laughs> Shaney. Oh, Erica's going yeah. Biden. Wow. Yeah, I refuse to believe anything else. So let's just stick with that. I mean, it's cooler to say Trump, but... <laughs> Way cooler to say Trump because, you you know, if you put your money on that, you'd win a lot back if it was on one of Mikey's uh, gambling apps. The, and it's a yeah. boring answer, but I really think Biden's going to win. I actually have the odds on my gambling app. Uh, they, they they do presidential. You can you can go state by state and How the much? general. We'll see right yeah, now. I, I, I do think you're right that Biden is favored. Me and Danica literally just looked at this like a, a week ago because... Uh, we were talking about it. I'm like, I said, I'm only betting basketball. So Biden is minus 210 and Trump is plus 175. So if you bet... Speak English, doc. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. So if you were to bet $100 on Trump to win the election, you would get back $275. Mm. And if you bet Biden? If you were to bet Joe Biden to win $100, it would make you $147. So It cost- would make you that much or you'd get $47? $47. That's mm-hmm. the return. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we put our money where our mouths are? The pod bet? Yeah, should we go in on a bet? We'll each pitch 25 bucks. Okay, so right now, so let's, let's say that mm-hmm. we went crazy and we put $1,000 on Joe Biden. Whoa. We'd only win 476 bucks, but you could lose 1000 if Trump pulls it off. That's, you know, that's how this thing works. Do do we uh, as a show of solidarity uh, text our accountant David Buss and say David we need a hundred bucks we're making a bet on uh, <laughs> I think it could be fun this. I think it's fun let's do it how much are okay. we doing hundred five hundred what are we talking yeah well, what, what what are we comfortable with Erica said a hundred but uh, I'm Mike comfortable going higher than that like uh, what do we say three hundred four a hundred dollars each. Oh, $100 each because that would, yeah, well, there's four of us. Okay, let's do 400 bucks from the band account. Not the band account, the pod account. No, I prefer and- the band account, actually, if their Kells are willing to. <laughs> yeah, let's do 4,000 if it's from the, the band account. <laughs> yeah. Did you just get a note from Manager Ash? Oh, there's five of us. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. She's like, I'm in on this too, obviously. So five, five okay, bills. We're doing 500. 500. 500 on Biden. That's what 500 we're doing. on Joe Biden. Guys, and if oh, we win, like how this. much money would we get? Okay, five hundred dollars on a Biden outright win would return seven hundred and thirty-eight yeah. bucks. So that means we make hey. two hundred two thirty-eight. That's a that's a that's a. We're going for dinner, podcast dinner. 
Yeah. Wow, this is the most into politics I've ever been. This is exciting. <laughs> that being said, guys, I don't want to get too complicated, but we could hedge with Trump. <laughs> oh, okay, so, but that that might be Max might get mad at hedging against that. Like you, you know, you're so political in your songs. Would you would would you feel wrong about putting a hedge on there? Yeah, I don't think I could do it. All right, I, uh, Bi- Biden all okay. the way. Ah, screw it, guys. I don't know if we have time for a Shane surprise. I have to go. Cue the music. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>